Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Limerick had the highest rate of suicide in the country last year. The recently published CSO yearly report for 2019 recorded 22 deaths per 100,000 of the population. In 2018, Limerick was recorded as the eighth highest in the country. The Haven Hub is a section of the Social Services Centre in Limerick City, serving as a place where people suffering from mental health issues or have been affected by suicide can come for support. It's now calling for an independent investigation on the system that deals with people who are at risk of suicide and self-harm. Leona O'Callaghan from Haven Hub in Limerick City is with us this morning. Good morning to you, Leona. Good morning, Julian. How are you? I'm very good. Remind us, Leona, because the Haven Hub, it's relatively new. Just give us a quick run-through of how it was set of up. Of course. Yeah, so, so it's only open, actually, since since mid-November last year and um, it's completely voluntary. It's a voluntary organisation and the reason we set up is because especially in the evening time when a lot of the services are closed for those people that are struggling um, that are in distress and in high distress or at risk of suicide um, to to give them an option to to come and um, have the strength I suppose to to be able to reach out for help rather than make those decisions Um, and we've we've had about 87 interventions since mid um, since mid-November, and um, it's been it's been it's been tough. I suppose the, the pandemic and the, um, the COVID nineteen has isolated people, and people are struggling that a little bit more. And unfortunately, we can't give them face to face support up to now. Um, so we had to, to kind of cut back to telephone support. But um, but people in extreme distress have been have been coming to us, and a lot of the time, all they actually need is a little bit of hope that things will get better, and um, a bit of compassion and some guidance as to how they can actually, um, I suppose, direct themselves to, to recovery instead of instead of the option of ending their lives, you know? There are other services out there. You know, we, we're aware, obviously, that there are the volunteers who patrol the river every night. We know that the Samaritans has been around for a very long time. Why did you feel the need for something extra on top of those? Yeah, the lads that are patrolling, they do an amazing job, um, you know, and I, one of the things that was happening, and they say this themselves, is they, they'd often find somebody in extreme distress, um, that, you know, they, they do everything that they can, they put them into the ambulance or the, or the patrol car and, and they send them off to, to the emergency services and they'll find the same person uh, within a matter of hours back on the same bridges, you know, Um and with the Samaritans, the Samaritans do fantastic work, except for the, they, the face-to-face support is, is closed from, from 9 in the evening, and the peak time for suicide is 11 o'clock at night. So, unfortunately, even when people were directed to the services, um, you know, they were left back into the, the care of themselves in a state where they weren't able to keep themselves safe. And where the Haven Hub can't, sit with them all night long or anything like that. What we what we often very much encourage is um, after hearing their story and after sitting down and um, I suppose, you know, going through different options of, of what help is there, we will often then um, convince them to, to let their families know so that at least they're not in their own care. And that's, I think, that one of the biggest things is that, you know, a family, family member or a loved one will stay with you at times and, and everybody deserves to be kept safe. I've been in that space myself and um you know and, and when you're in those moments and you're struggling to keep yourself safe, you need people around you to know that that's the space you're in so that 
so that they can help you make those better decisions, you know. And so what the, that's what the Haven Hub will do more so than even if they do need to go to A&E, then at least they'll have a family member with them so that if they are discharged and, and the thing is we're we're a country that I suppose we're a county that has the highest rate of discharge for people that are experiencing um, significant self-harm and also attempting suicide so 72% according to the to the National Research um, National Suicide Research Foundation 72% of people that um, turn up to A&E looking for that help um sent home. And sent home person, when, though? Straight away? Um, after being seen, a lot of them would be told that there'll be follow-up services with the day hospitals. Um, and, you know, and that's why we did the survey. We did just to find out, you know, whether people feel safe. And uh, from the surveys, like we got nearly 100 surveys done now. And um, out of the people that struggle and have been in, in crisis, only 5% of them have have said that having left the hospital that they felt safe, you know. So, thirty two percent still felt suicidal in the people that that took our survey. So, seventy two percent leave with, without um, without any admission. So they leave and they're discharged, and you know, thirteen percent on top of that leave without even being seen. So that's eighty five percent of people that have either attempted suicide or significantly self harmed are sent home. And I suppose the, the worrying message with that is that the only place available to those people in those hours can't help them or won't help them. And that's a worrying message. And it's the highest in the country. And I don't think there's any coincidence with the fact then that when it comes to self-harm and suicide, that again, we're also significantly higher than, than, than a lot of others, you know. And do you think that that figure's that high? Do you think it's a, an attitude problem or a resources problem? Um, oh, I definitely feel it's the attitude. The attitude of a lot of the, and I'm not saying everybody. I'm sure there's there's people in uh, that that work in A and E, and they, they do an amazing job, and they're very compassionate. But I have to also be true to the experiences that we have heard, and we have heard, and and I've experienced some horrific um, blame attitude of, um, you know, where where the person that's in distress, they hate themselves enough. If they want to die by suicide, if they want, if they're at the stage they want to kill themselves. The last thing they need is for somebody to jump on that bandwagon and make them feel worse about themselves. And that's what's constantly happening um, within the crisis team is is that sense of blame and shame is put back on the on the person. And things like if you wanted to kill yourself, you'd know how to do it properly. Like that's been said and that's been reported have been said on numerous occasions. Um, things like, you know, that, that sure, if you want to kill yourself, there's nothing we can do. Um and that's simply untrue. You know, a lot of countries will keep somebody safe. So people that are, you know, taken from the bridges are, are ending up back in their own care within hours of being taken out of the river. Only a couple of weeks ago, I was on the phone begging the crisis team for a service user to be kept in who had been taken from the river and who was being released back into their own care. Um, and she, this was her third attempt, you know. And um, I was told, and this was directly from the the crisis team themselves, but the exact words that was used was sure, everything she does, she does to herself. And that attitude is the one that needs to change. It absolutely infuriated me. It showed a lack of compassion, a lack of understanding. And if that it's like the wrong medicine. If it was a physical illness, I'd be I'd be telling you they're given the wrong medicine. 
but you know um, people that are in that space they need hope and they need understanding and they need compassion even if they have you know attempted this a number of times that's even more reasons to be more compassionate um, so, you know and what they get was, is, is, is the very opposite of that very often you know you're calling for an independent investigation on the system. Who, we are. Yeah. Who have you approached with that call and who would you see being the right organisation or individual or whatever to carry out that investigation? We haven't actually approached anybody yet. We're at the initial stages where we're still trying to, I suppose, get the information and the research behind us to show that this is needed. And we're calling on other mental health organisations and they'll have experienced the same as us. We're not unique in, in our experiences and in the frustration that's felt. Um, and, and we're asking them to come along and, and, and to join us in, in the fight to, to try and get an independent inquiry. And basically someone that's not funded by the HSE. And even if that person uh, needs to come over from the UK, so be it. But somebody who will look at the whole process from the time a person is taken, possibly either from a bridge or from the house or wherever they are, where, they, where they're past the point of needing to talk or where they actually need to be kept safe. And if it's the Garda station, well, what's the process in the Garda station? Because that's not um, consistent at the moment. So at the moment, a lot of people are brought to the Garda station for their own safety. A GP is then called in and very often then they can they can get discharged into their own care. And only last week, actually, sorry, three weeks ago, we had a mother on, and like that, her son, um, the same thing had happened, and her son was released back into his own care after being after being saved from the bridge and was missing again and suicidal. You know, we want somebody to look at that whole process. What does it take for somebody to be kept safe and how to keep them safe? And again, go in and actually look at the crisis team, look at the treatment of people in their lowest moments, and what's actually happening, and look at that process. Um, a lot of countries are kept safe for 48 to 72 hours if, they're, if they've met a significant suicide attempt. You know, is that what's needed, or is it an attitude, um, is it training that's needed so that the culture around suicide um, from the people that are actually the caregivers in these situations can be, can be changed, you know? But change has to happen. We're losing too many people. We see it every day, and it's it's extremely sad because it's extremely preventable with the right type of help. And people now are being so reluctant to even go for help because they feel judged. And like that, a lot of the surveys that we've gotten back, that's all over it. Like, you know, the same patterns of, you know, being feeling judged, feeling, feeling blamed, feeling over-medicated if they do turn up, feeling like they're nothing but a nuisance. You know, we need that to change. We need people to know that the right thing to do is is reach out and to actually go for that help. And in order to, to do that, we need to change the system. So we're looking for somebody to, to come in and look at the, the whole process. Same with the psychiatric unit. You know, there's fantastic facilities in there. I've spoken out about my own experience mm. um, within 5B before. And, you know, unfortunately, there's some of the same reports again where, you know, the facilities that are in there are, are simply unused. Like they have a fantastic gym, but they don't have... You know, it's not open. There's fantastic relaxation room, but it's not open. And people are left sitting around with nothing to do but be in their own minds. And that's the opposite of what they need. 
So, you know, we need we need somebody to look at people in crisis and look at how they're treated, look at the facilities available to them so that we can so that we can keep them safe and give them a little bit of hope in those moments. And absolutely compassion because, you know, they, they hate themselves enough. They don't need to be judged, you know. Okay, well, Leona, we did ask for a response from the HSE and they have given us a statement saying that the mental health services provide a number of pathways for people in crisis. We always encourage people who need support to contact their GP in the first instance. During COVID-19, the mental health services have worked to ensure that this service remains open and available to people who need it. Anyone using the services followed up by the appropriate community mental health team following the presentation. It's important to remember that admission to an acute facility is only one way for people to access the help they need. The service will work with people to ensure they have the supports they require in the community to facilitate their recovery. And they say if you or someone you know is in crisis and needs support, uh, you can access or call the following. They give the Samaritans 116-123, Shannon Dock 1850-212, Treble 9. They've Pieta House there as well, 1800 247 247. They mentioned the emergency services, of course, as well. And obviously, there, there's yourselves, Leona, as well. Do you want to leave a number for the Haven Hub? Yes, absolutely. So we're 085 And oh, hopefully, we'll be opening back up for face to face support soon as well. So, so like that, we are, our volunteers are all suicide prevention trained to just sit with people in the height of their pain and, and go through. There's so many services out there, there's so much help out there. But people need hope in those moments, and they need uh, um, they need those that are not sick to death of uh, of dealing with it. And maybe that's what it is, and maybe that's the reason uh, for the lack of compassion and, and the judgment that's there. I don't know, but they need people to have the energy to actually give them that hope. And if they don't have it, then they shouldn't be in the jobs they're in. As far as we're concerned, go do something else. Um, you know, because. It's it's just not okay. We're we're losing our best assets, our people, and um and all families are getting destroyed. Even suicide attempts and um the high rate of suicide attempts destroying families. And um and we need better services, and we deserve it in the market, you know. Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live ninety five.